Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. This week on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are going back into the archives. Because iTunes only displays 100 episodes at a time of any podcast, I thought it would be fun to go back in and listen to some of the earlier shows that still have a lot of valuable information in them, especially for people who might be at the beginning of their planning journey or still considering planning a Disney wedding. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this vintage episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking about how to rent Disney Vacation Club points to save big bucks on your honeymoon or your anniversary trip or really any trip to Walt Disney World or Disneyland. This is a really great way to save a lot of money, but it's something that not a lot of people know about, and even if they've heard of it, it sounds really complicated and confusing and scary. So today, Christy Summers and I are going to break it all down for you and tell you about our experiences so that you can see how easy it actually is and what a great way to save money it is. So welcome, Christy. Thanks for having me, Carrie. You know, we've taken a lot of trips to the world in the last couple of years, and um, we wouldn't have been able to stay at some of the places we did if it weren't for being able to rent DVC points. So it's a fun topic to share and talk about. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people say, especially people who buy into the Disney Vacation Club, is that it lets them do something they ordinarily couldn't afford. So um, let's I'll just give a quick overview. What is the Disney Vacation Club? Basically, it's Disney's version of a timeshare. And unlike old school timeshares, the Disney Vacation Club is like the newer version of timeshares where you don't rent a fixed week at a certain resort every year. You go to the same place, you have the same kind of room for the same dates, you buy what they call points. And so your buy-in is a certain number of points, and then you can spend those points at any of the Disney resorts and at any of the linked resorts there. Disney has a, there's like an affiliate program where you can actually use your points at other non-Disney resorts by trading in. Maybe they call it trading out. (laughs) I think it's trading in. And um, you can also use them at resorts at the other Disney parks around the world, like Tokyo Disney. You can use them on Disney cruises. These sort of ancillary ways to use your points are not as good a value as using them at the Disney-owned resorts, though. So that's the most popular way to use your points. However, a lot of times owners find that they have these points and they are going to expire because they're only good for a year and they can't use them, so they rent them out to people. And so what you're really renting, you're not really renting actual points from someone, you're basically giving them money to make a reservation for you with their points. And where you can use these points is most of the deluxe resorts at Walt Disney World have Disney Vacation Club resorts attached. And then there are also a couple standalone Disney Vacation Club resorts. So like Saratoga Springs and Old Key West at Walt Disney World are standalone. Everything there is a Disney Vacation Club unit. And then places like the Beach Club, Wilderness Lodge, uh, the Contemporary, they have wings that are attached that are all Disney Vacation Club units. And all of these are deluxe resorts. So the cool thing about the Disney Vacation Club is it can potentially save you a lot of money 
for what is the top level of accommodation at Walt Disney World. And you can also use them, of course, at Disneyland, which has the Grand Californian Villas. So, and again, that's sort of the equivalent out here of the deluxe resort you would find in Walt Disney World. To that point, I'll just put a little word in there. <laughs> we, um, we've we only stayed at the Grand Californian once, even though we're local, and uh, it was through <laughs> rented DVC points. So it really comes in handy at, at for any trip that we want to take Disney-related. So what are some of the differences? When you're staying at a Disney Vacation Club resort, it's a lot like staying at the hotel wing of the resort, but there are a few main differences. For one thing, they all have either a full kitchen or a kitchenette. So the smallest accommodation is a studio, and it's basically the size of a hotel room, but it usually has one queen-size bed in it, and then a sofa with a pull-out bed, and then there's room for a kitchenette. So you get like a mini fridge, a microwave, and a sink. And then the one-bedroom, two-bedroom, and grand villas all have full refrigerators. They have stoves and ovens and basically just a kitchen like you find at home, which people often find is a great advantage because they are able to make meals in their room and save money. So, and like for us, we only rented for our honeymoon we only rented a studio so we didn't you know make full-on meals but we did have breakfast there every morning and the mini fridge was a great place to store the top layer of our wedding cake which we took home from the reception and we got to eat that for breakfast for you know a couple days <laughs> so that can be an advantage um, they're also great like if you're getting ready for a wedding and you want to have the whole bridal party come in and get their hair and makeup done and you want to have your dress steamed and all that a lot of people rent one bedroom or two bedroom villas because it gives them so much more room than a regular hotel room to get ready in Another difference is there's free laundry. Um, they don't do the laundry for you, but uh, the studios have access to a laundry room with washers and dryers, and you don't have to put coins in them. And then the one-bedroom, two-bedroom, and grand villa units all have laundry in the unit, which is fabulous because if you're like me and you have a strange fixation with doing laundry on vacation, you can do it all right there in your room. You can start a load and uh, have your dinner or whatever, and it's really great. Um, the other thing to know is they don't have housekeeping every day. And some people actually like this because they're really private and they don't like to have maids coming into their rooms. So at a Disney Vacation Club villa, you won't get housekeeping until the fourth day of your stay. And then, depending on how much longer after that you stay, the next service would be on day eight when they would come in and take out the trash and change your towels, but that's it. So if you are somebody who wants housekeeping every day, this may be a drawback, or you can also pay them to come in and do housekeeping every day. But who's going to do that when they're trying to save money by renting Disney Vacation Club points? Because it's not cheap. I think it's like, well, I don't want to quote the wrong price, but I think it's around like $50 a day. Wow. And so it's pretty hefty. I, I could be totally off. Maybe I should go check and make sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is substantial, and it's something that people aren't used to paying for on their vacation, so it's something to be aware of, that if you do seriously need housekeeping every day, maybe this isn't for you. Um, but then the other thing that is good about this is you can add all the same things that you would add to a regular hotel room. So like Magical Express. You can use Magical Express if you're staying at the Disney Vacation Club. And you can add the dining plan. Although I should say, because a lot of people ask this, you can't add the free dining plan. Because the whole point of the free dining plan is that you're paying for a regular hotel room and you're buying park tickets. So it doesn't work with Disney Vacation Club, but you can pay for the dining plan if you want it. So I found the prices, and for a full cleaning for a studio, 
uh, up to a three-bedroom ranges from $30 to $75 for each individual day requested. And then additional trash and towel rates um, range from $15 to $35 based on the type of room. Wow. So definitely see if you can't keep it clean yourself so you don't have to pay extra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the main difference is you're usually paying, when you're renting points, you're usually paying a whole lot less for your room. So if, say, the rack rate at the Beach Club, which is a deluxe resort, is you know $400 a night, if you can rent points from someone and you're paying them $10 per point and you only need 12 points, you're paying $120 for one night in a room that normally would cost $400. Now that's kind of an extreme example because we'll talk about this in a second. It's kind of hard to find somebody who's going to rent you points for $10, but it can be done under certain circumstances. And even if you're paying like $13 per point, depending on the season that you're going and the rack rate, you're still always saving money, sometimes as much as 50%. And I would say never less than 25%. Would you agree, Christy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're going in December um, this year, and I just reached out last week uh, to a friend of ours that has DVC and, and talked about running points potentially. And so we are, how far out are we at this point? We're about four and a half, five months out from when we'll be there. And of course, uh, Another thing to note is the availability, so make sure that um, you, you start looking as early as possible, but we'll talk more about that in a minute, I'm sure. So the only option that I had available was Saratoga Springs, and I, I didn't think it was going to be a good value um, versus a moderate resort, which I was willing to pay for the moderate over the, the points for Saratoga Springs. Nothing against that hotel. It was just um, we stayed at French Quarter or at Saratoga Springs, and I'm curious, uh, kind of interested to stay at French Quarter. But it turned out it was a value for us. It saved us about $50 a night. So Saratoga Springs is where we're staying, <laughs> even over the moderate. So it, it really can be a good value. Yeah, and that's what I usually tell people as my sort of shorthand about renting Disney Vacation Club is that usually you're paying moderate resort prices to stay at a deluxe resort. So now, but what are the drawbacks? Because it isn't the same as being able to call Disney up and get exactly the hotel room you want for exactly the dates you want. Uh, the first one is there's no control. You, as the renter, have no control over the reservation. You are trusting the person who owns the points to make the reservation, to keep the reservation, and to make any changes to the reservation that you would need. So, like if you want to add the Magical Express or you want to add the dining plan, the member you're renting from has to do all that for you. Now, there are ways to keep that transparent. They can send you a screenshot of the reservation on Disney's website. They can mail you the confirmation letter that Disney sends them. Um, but as we'll talk about in a minute, you almost never hear of fraud in this instance because there are risks to be taken on both sides of the deal. And so in general, people really check each other out before they make a deal and they keep everything above board. Um, but that can just be something to note. You don't have any control over the reservation. If you're somebody like me who's always calling up and making changes and wanting to put this, that, and the other thing on the reservation, you can't do that. <laughs> um, another drawback is that usually the deposit that the person will request from you is half of the total, and usually they request it upon reservation. Now, this isn't always true. I've made reservations before where I didn't have to pay anything until just a couple months before we showed up. But in general, it seems like most people who are renting points request that you put down half of the total as soon as you sign the contract and they make the reservation for you. So that's a lot more than Disney would request from you if you just made a regular hotel reservation. You only have to put down one night's deposit. 
And then another drawback to that is no cancellations, refunds, or changes. You have to really be sure that this is the time you want to go, that you can go, because again, these are people who are, they're individuals, they're not corporations, they can't absorb a loss like this, and they can be in a lot of trouble if you back out at the last second because suddenly they can't use their points and they expire. It's usually difficult or impossible to cancel, to get a refund, or to make changes. You know, if they're a nice guy and there's time left and they, they're still able to make changes to the reservation for you and there's availability, they may try, but I really think you need to go into it thinking, this is it, I'm, I'm either going to use this or lose it. Another drawback is you don't have any access to member perks or discounts or admission. Like, for example, when members stay at Bay Lake Tower, they have access to the Top of the World Lounge. And so if you're staying there on a member's points, you don't get to do that just because you're staying on points. You have to actually have, a, have proof of membership. Things like free Wi-Fi and free valet that used to be perks for members don't even exist anymore, so you're not missing out on much there. But, you know, discounts, um, getting into top of the world, things like that, that members would get to do, you don't get to do because you're just a guest of the member. And then just the overall drawback that you're dealing with a person. It's two people doing a transaction together. It's not a big corporation. You don't have a lot of recourse. I mean, it's always good to use PayPal or some other payment method where you do have some recourse. So, but we'll talk more about, you know, how you can make sure that you're dealing with someone who's on the level and... Also, other ways that you can rent DBC points that don't require you to work directly with a member. So how does point rental work? You decide, okay, this sounds great, where do I sign up? The first thing you really need to do is figure out how many points you're going to need to rent. And for that, you can go to, I mean, just Google it, but like the Disboards has a point chart, the resellers of Disney Vacation Club points have points charts, dvcnews.com is a great resource for everything related to the Disney Vacation Club. So you can look on the chart and find out for the dates you want, in the size of room you want, how many points you're going to need for your entire reservation. And then you have to find a renter, which we'll talk about in a second. We'll give you some ideas for how to find renters. But one thing to keep in mind is that the way that the reservations work is people who are home resort owners are able to book farther out than all the other Disney Vacation Club members. And what this means is that when they bought their points, they bought their points for one particular Disney Vacation Club resort. And they can use them at all of the other resorts, but they can only book at seven months for all the other resorts, whereas for their home resort, they're allowed to make a reservation 11 months out. So for example, when I made a reservation for Alani, I was a little bit worried about it being hard to get. So I found someone who was an owner at Alani so I could make my reservation 11 months out instead of having to wait till seven months out when potentially every single DBC member on the planet could be trying to book at Alani. <laughs> and that's a really important tip to remember too if you're traveling during specific time of, times of the year because um, you know, let, let's say that your wedding is in October, like ours was, and <laughs> that's food and wine, the food and wine festival um, at Epcot's going on. So Boardwalk and Beach Club are really hot resorts. In fact, um, as the festival gets more and more popular, we're finding it's, it becomes a little bit more difficult to rent points um, during that time of year. So uh, just big suggestion, if you're going at a fairly popular time of the year, start preparing early to try to find uh, someone to rent from that owns at a resort that you would be interested in staying at. And it helps too if you can find um, people that maybe own multiple resorts because then that might give you uh, more options there. That's a really good point. Yeah. 
food and wine festival in October, I guess it, it starts at the end of September and goes through the beginning of November, is an extremely popular time for Disney Vacation Club members in particular to go to Disney. So it's almost impossible to get accommodation at the resorts that are near Epcot, where the festival is held, like the Beach Club and the Boardwalk you know, after the 11-month window opens. Another popular time for Disney Vacation Club members is the first two weeks of December because historically the points values have been lower, so it's been a good deal for them to go see Christmas in the first half of December. Well, now they all do it. <laughs> so it can also be difficult to get. And there you're looking at the resorts near the Magic Kingdom are very popular because of the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and also... I would say Beach Club and Wilderness Lodge, I believe, is also very popular because it has such a great Christmassy feel. Um, so just things to keep in mind when you're starting to figure out what you want to do. Now, the, the next thing you're going to want to do when you find some people, you know, sometimes I look and I find a couple of candidates, is you can check them out. There are a couple ways to check them out and figure out if they are real people or if they are services. Sometimes people, they buy into the Disney Vacation Club just to rent their points. And there are ways to figure out if they're a real person or if they're just a service. Um, the number one way, if you're talking about owners at resorts in Florida, is to check out the Florida Comptroller's Office website because you can actually look them up and make sure that they do indeed own points at the resort that they say they own. But of course, this only works for the resorts in Florida, so you wouldn't be able to check on people who own at Disneyland, at Grand Californian, or at Aulani in Hawaii. I had no idea that you can do that. I think I'd almost feel like a private investigator going on there. That's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the more loosey-goosey ways to do it, but ways that have served me well in the past, check out how many posts they have on the message board that you're looking at. Like, I've mostly found mine through the Disboards and MouseOwners.com, and you can see if they have, like, 10 posts and they've only been a member for a month and they're like, you know, bye, 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 I have 5,000 <laughs> points, bye now. You can kind of figure out that they're a service. But if there's somebody who has... 2,000 posts, and you can read conversations and posts that they've started, and they're actually active members of the boards. Chances are that they are legit, and they will be a good person to do business with. And actually, within the last year, the the DIS has actually enacted something like that into the rules of, so in, in order for you to be allowed to come and, and try to rent out your points as the DVC owner, uh, you do have to have a certain number of posts over a certain amount of time. So if you're not a, an active member, if you haven't been a member for more than six months, then they do require that you um, sort of purchase a membership to the DIS, so to speak. So in order um, to show that you're a serious person looking to to run out your points and you're legitimate, then you have to either, uh, if you're not an active member, then you have to pay for this. So, um, and the rules are spelled out on their rent trade board too. So if you're curious what they have to go through in order to be able to rent their points, it's all there for you to read as a renter. That's great. That's great to know. And then the other thing you can do is you can ask them for recommendations or referrals or references or whatever you want to call it. You can talk to other people, especially, this is especially good if you're dealing with somebody through a message board, you can private message or send emails to other people who have rented from them to find out if they had a good experience. So then once you've decided, okay, this is the person I want to work with, you can actually sometimes haggle on the price. Like they may have posted that they have X amount of points and they're renting them at $13 a point. But in some cases, they may be willing to go a little bit lower. And I've actually had, you know, haggled at like 
50 cents off or 25 cents off per point. Or they might do something for you like if you're going to use PayPal, they will cover the 3% transaction fee for using a credit card, which can be a pretty huge chunk of change if you're talking about thousands of dollars for a reservation. So I say always ask. I mean, you don't want to be rude about it and be like, you're charging too much. Like, you really need to give this to me for $10 a point. But just see. <laughs> um, the other good thing that you might find is that when people are desperately trying to unload their points because the points either need to be banked or they're going to expire um, or they have a reservation that they can't use, then they're a lot more willing to go for a lower price. So then after you settle on the price, they will probably send you a contract to sign. And these are usually pretty simple boilerplate, like I got them at Staples kinds of contracts, but they're still contracts and they'll make you feel better and they'll make them feel better. I've actually done transactions where I never signed a contract. But it just depends on your on what their comfort level is and what your comfort level is. And then you pay the deposit, which, like I say, is often half. I don't know, Christy, have you found that to be the case in your rentals? Yeah, generally. I mean, it's varied. Now I tend to have uh, just one or two core people that I stick with and, and rent from. So I've uh, rented from them several times, so they're a little bit more lenient at this point. But in the beginning, when it was uh, just sort of a more sterile transaction, it was usually 50% up front, and then the remainder would range anywhere from 90, 60 to 45 days before the trip. Okay, and that's because, again, they can lose these points if they don't bank them or use them. So they really right. need to know that you're going to pay for them, and that's why you can't wait until the day you check in to pay them the rest of the money. <laughs> so then after that, you can usually check your reservation the resorts are not supposed to talk to you about a reservation made by somebody else, but I have been able to call in the past and just give them the number and they can confirm that, yes, this reservation exists. The owner can send you the actual paper receipt they get in the mail that says, here's your reservation, everything you need to know about it. And that's just good to have because you're going to need the reservation number if you want to make dining reservations. Fortunately, dining reservations is one thing you can do yourself. You don't need to have the owner do those for you. Well, I've actually found, too, once you have the confirmation number, you can go in to log into uh, My Reservations on the Walt Disney World website, put in your confirmation number, and it will bring it up for you. Oh, that's great. Okay, so even though you can't log into the DBC member website to check it, you can log in through the public website that anybody can use, and that way you can verify your, your reservation. That's wonderful. And then, like we said, the last thing that happens is you pay your remaining balance about 30 days before the reservation, or maybe as much as 90 days, depending on the policy of the person you're working with. So then the next question people have is, well, then how do I find someone to rent points from? Because that can be daunting, too, this idea that you have to track down one person who's going to have exactly what you want and is willing to <laughs> rent them to you. The two resources that Christy and I have been talking about and that I think are the best because they, you have a better chance of getting a good price are disboards.com and mouseowners.com and I'll put the links in the post for this show and disboards.com has gotten a little more regimented obviously to protect people who are renting points and those the owners who are renting out the points but it used to be you could go on and you could put what you were looking for and someone would contact you and now you can just look at what's on offer from the people who are trying to unload their points and then contact them individually to see if they can get you exactly what you want. Whereas mouseowners.com, because it's a smaller board and I think they have more personal ability to vet the people who post on there, they still have the traditional structure where you can put, I'm looking for this many points for this date at this resort and someone will contact you. I, I do miss being able to do it that way because it's hard to go through sometimes and look at all the posts and, and on the Diz now with since you uh, you know you mentioned it is more regimented, it 
seems to be more competitive in trying to get the points because you have all these people now sort of like attacking, so to speak, the person that's posting that they have points maybe at, at the home resort that you're looking for things. So it's just, it, it is a little bit more stressful in that way, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely. Because you'll see somebody posted that morning, you know, I have 500 points for rent. And then you follow the chain of replies and you realize that by that afternoon, all the points were gone. So right, um, yeah. I do recommend Mouse Owners. And that's actually where I found my latest person to rent from was mouseowners.com because it is a little more uh, small town. <laughs> you can <laughs> actually talk to a real person and then and you can put exactly what you want. So, um, But then if you're not comfortable with that, there are actually services that will rent points and you just basically fill out a form and they have a pool of members with points and they do all the negotiating. Um, and so all you have to do is just put in your request basically and make a deposit. One of these is the Timeshare Store, which is a company that sells Disney Vacation Club contracts. It's a reseller. So when people decide they don't want to own anymore, they can sell their contracts. Well, they've started renting points uh, at about 12 or $13 a point. I find that almost every time I contact them, they don't have any availability for what I want. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm just striking out. Maybe it's just what I want. Uh, and then David's Vacation Club Rentals is probably the biggest clearinghouse of points, but he has a 44-point minimum, so if you were trying to get just one night or two nights, it might not be for you, and it's a firm $13 per point charge, which is on the high end, so that's why I usually try to find a quote-unquote real person on a message board first before I resort to David's Vacation Rentals, but you know, it's very easy. It's almost like just calling Disney up to make a reservation, and so maybe the convenience would be worth the price for you. Yeah, except if you're staying for for, you know, maybe more than a week or so, that extra, those extra couple of bucks can really add up per point. Yeah. So, Christy, how did you find the people who you rent from most? Well, I actually found the Diz this way. Um, when my husband and I were originally engaged and we were talking about doing a Disney wedding or a honeymoon, and my mom was a member of the Diz for several years before I was because she had been actively going to Disney World before I was. So um, she kept telling me this thing about go on the Diz and rent points, and I thought she was speaking some kind of foreign language. And so so I, I came on the boards and finally started to understand what she was talking about. We took two trips booking just regular packages, dining plan tickets, all of the standard fare through Disney until I started to become familiar with the parks and relax and and then uh, give running points a shot. So it was actually a lady that my mom had used was the first person that I had rented points from. And then from there, I found um, a couple of people through the Diz. And then um, just over the years, I've made friends who happen to be DVC members who don't always use their points every year. So I've been very lucky <laughs> with that because I will definitely take advantage of them if you don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and that's another great thing is you can actually make friendships and relationships. I've met up with people before who, you know, over after renting from them several times and then we both happen to be at Disney World at the same time. Um, it's really great. After a while you build a relationship with somebody and you're helping them because they have unused points that they can make money off of and they're helping you because you're saving scads of money on your Disney Resort reservation. <laughs> it's wonderful. I mean, we stayed at so many resorts that we wouldn't otherwise be able to stay at. Just, you know, pain rack rates.
rates or even with, say, 30% off of a deluxe resort. And then at resorts like Old Key West, it's a great value to stay at Old Key West on rented points because it's even cheaper than, than a value resort at certain times of the year. So it's certainly worth looking into, especially, you know, if you're on a budget for your honeymoon or for your wedding or, you know, you're looking for places for your relatives to stay and you could even try to rent them the one bedroom, the two bedroom, uh, you know, so that you could put multiple people in the room together. And it's it's really, if, if you don't mind doing a little bit of legwork, um, sometimes more than others, but it can really pay off for you. Definitely. So last year for our anniversary, we decided almost last minute to make a trip to Disney World. It was our first wedding anniversary, and we wanted to go back. (laughs) We couldn't stay away. So uh, we decided to make it a budget trip because we were actually going to be taking a family trip the following December. So we were just going to go stay at a value, no problem, just go for a few days. And I was curious. I couldn't keep away, and I was looking around on the Diz and saw someone was renting a DVC reservation that was already made because he was within the time frame now. And if he canceled it, he was going to incur a penalty. So he was trying to just book the or rent out the reservation that he already made. So I uh, was able to connect with him because our dates, I think, were like the 8th through the 13th and the reservation was the 9th through the 14th. So even though I couldn't change to the extra day, what we did is we flew in, stayed at Pop the one night for the 8th, and then checked into Animal Kingdom on the 9th into our studio DVC room. And because he needed to rent it out, we were able to get a good deal and still only paid $10 a point. That's wonderful. So, you know, we we went in thinking we were going to stay to value and what a nice surprise just from just from me being curious and really nosy, actually, I was <laughs> able to uh, find this reservation for us. And we ended up going from a value, which we were fine with, to a deluxe resort for most of our trip. So it was a real treat. That's great. That's like the ultimate DVC rental success story. I mean, that's what people say. They're like, I can't believe I got this great accommodation for such a low price. And so... When you, if you can get through the being intimidated by the idea of finding a renter and working with somebody on that to to rent the points, it really can be a screaming deal, and you'll think, "How did I get so lucky?" <laughs> so I hope that this show has made you a little bit less trepidatious about maybe renting Disney Vacation Club points for your honeymoon or your anniversary stay or your planning session. Uh, it's a great way, as we've said all throughout this show, to stay at a really nice place for a really good price. And thank you, Christy, again for coming on the show and sharing your experience. Yeah, I'm always happy to be a part of your show, Carrie. Thanks for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.